There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, once again, we are thankful for each of you that have tuned into the podcast today. I would like to remind you that coming up here in just a short while, uh, just under two weeks, the Monastic Community Baptist Church in Blaine, Pennsylvania, will be having Brother John Asquith speak on the King James Bible. That'll be April 4th, April 5th, and April the 6th. And so we certainly want to extend an invitation to those that listen to the podcast. For those of you out of town, we would like to remind you that we do have lodging available we're a very comfortable place that is available, very affordable place that is available. If you'd be interested in staying the night, would you just contact me uh, and let me know, and we'll be glad to help you find a place. And again, my wife and I have stayed in this place. It's a wonderful place, very comfortable place, and it's commodious to fellowship with the brethren, as well as get some rest and relaxation. And then at 7 o'clock each night in the services, April 4th, 5th, and 6th, being able to Hear the ministry of the Word of God. We'd like to invite you to that. We've been in Psalm 17 here on the podcast, a lot longer than I actually had anticipated being in Psalm 17. But the Lord has shown me personally great things out of the psalm. And uh, we looked, of course, that the prayer that goeth not out of feigned lips, talked about being real, God exposing our heart to us, and our heart being real with God, and us having integrity with God, and us just being right with God, and how God is used those things in our lives and showed us those things in our lives and how we thank him and how we praise him for that. Uh, Then we went on and we talked about the works of the Lord, how the Lord keeps us from the destroyer, how the Lord will keep our ways and keep our paths and to keep our footsteps from slipping and the difference between the ways, the difference between the paths and the ways. And then we talked last about the call upon the Lord, the Lord would incline his ear to hear us and to hear my speech. And today in verse 7, I'd like to deal with this thought. He shall show thy marvelous loving kindness, O thou that savest by thy right hand, them which put their trust in thee from those that rise up against them. And so again, as we call upon the Lord, why do we call upon the Lord? Because we believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and therefore we can call upon his name. And because we do believe in his name, we can call upon his name. And then we ask the Lord to deliver us. And here's the statement that's made. And it's not a coincidence, our King James Bible, absolutely perfect in translation, perfect in power, perfect as the word of God. He says, O thou that savest by thy right hand. And there's the statement that's made. And so I want to look at that throughout the scriptures in several different places. I want to look at the right hand of God and the right hand of the Lord, the deliverance that God brings through his mighty right hand. And we see this in verse 7. He says, show thy marvelous loving kindness. Oh, the loving kindness of our Savior. The marvelous loving kindness of our Savior. That he loved us when we were unlovable. 
Uh, long before we loved him, he first loved us. And so we're thankful for that loving kindness. And it's that kindness that he shows us is because of that love. And there is something special uh, between uh, the saved and their savior. There's something special this world tries to mimic and tries to copy. They have a sensual religion. They have a flesh-based religion. But those that have believed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ have a relation with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in that relationship that we can see the loving kindness of our great God and Savior. Why? Because his loving kindness exceeds when the matter of his children. And so the Lord has shown us great loving kindness. And then he said this, O thou that savest by thy right hand, he said, them which put their trust in thee from those that rise up against them. Now, I'd like to look at that statement of the right hand of God. And to do so, we must look at the Psalms as we've continued to do in this study on these Messianic Psalms. And in Psalm 118 and verse 16, the Word of God tells us this. He said, the right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. So two times we see the right hand of the Lord mentioned. What is it about that right hand? Well, there's a couple things we're going to look at here just quickly. He says the right hand of the Lord is exalted. Let's take note of that. And then he says the right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. And so we see that the position of the right hand of the Lord is exalted. Then we also see the right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. It's an action that's taken. And so it gives us a little bit more insight into the right hand of the Lord. Psalm 89 and verse 13. The word of God tells us, thou hast a mighty arm, strong is thy hand, and high is thy right hand. Now, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we'll see that in a little bit. The height of the right hand of God. How high is it? It's as high as the heavens. And Stephen gazing steadfast into where? Into heaven. And he saw Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And so, again, so how high is the right hand of God? How highly exalted is the right hand of God? Psalm 139 and verse 10. He said, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. Where is that at? Well, he said, if I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me. What is it? That's the loving kindness of God. No matter where the psalmist said he resides, no matter where David here crying out, if he's in heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, thou art there. If I, make my, uh, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, what is he saying? Lord, you're going to be there with me. Even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. And so we see the mercy of God in the right hand. We see the place of God in the right hand. And so again, we see a little bit more each scripture we look at concerning the right hand of God. Verse 6 of Psalm 138, though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. So again, in a day of trouble, in a day of strife, in a day of turmoil, he is trusting the right hand of God to deliver him, the right hand of God to save him. So again, we see the strength. We see the mercy. We see the position. 
Psalm 63 and verse 8. My soul followeth hard after thee. And then what does he say? Thy right hand upholdeth me. We read this verse uh, just the other day in our podcast in Psalm 73 and verse 23. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. So again, now we see the right hand of God that is our deliverer. And he says, thou hast holden me by my right hand. Why is that? God has delivered me by pulling me out of the miry clay. He's lifted me up when my feet nigh well were gone. I had almost completely slipped away. The right hand of God grabbed my right hand and delivered me out of the mire. So we see the strength. We see the deliverance. We see the power. We see God is exalted in his right hand. Psalm 21 and verse 18, the word of God tells us concerning, again, the right hand of God. Thine hand shall find out all thine enemies. Thy right hand shall find out those that hate thee. So again, the right hand of God here now is a searcher. The right hand of God here is a position uh, to do something. It's an action, if you will. Psalm 60, Psalm 60 and verse 5, that thy beloved may be delivered save with thy right hand and hear me. Now I'm going to go back to Psalm 108 once again. And it's amazing how the little word of God just puts these passages together. And I've tried to put them in a sequence, not necessarily in chronological order, but in a sequence that I could explain a little bit easier. And so I've tried to do that by making a trail, if you will, through the word of God. Psalm 108 and verse 6, that thy beloved may be delivered. And again, he says, save with thy right hand, and answer me. Psalm 110 and verse 5. He says, The Lord at thy right hand shall strike through kings in the day of his wrath. Psalm 78. And again, over and over, we see deliverance, we see power, we see strength. But in verse 54, Psalm 78, And he brought them to the border of his sanctuary, even to this mountain, which his right hand had purchased. So he brings them to this place. Why, it's a place he promised to Abraham. It's a place he promised to Isaac. It's a place he had promised to Jacob. It's a place that uh, Jesus Christ himself will ascend and sit on the throne of God. It's in the place of Jerusalem. It's in Zion, Mount Zion, the city of the north. And that place, he said, his right hand had purchased. What does that mean? Well, the right hand is a picture of sealing a deal. It's a picture of a gentleman's agreement. It's that picture, the right hand. Let me just stop and say this about the right hand quickly here, if I could. The right hand is a position of salute. We salute with the right hand. Um, I was taught in the military that has to do simply with the person on the right hand is the person of honor. The highest ranking person walks to the right of everyone else. Why? That's the position of honor. And therefore, if a salute is rendered to that person, the person of rank receives the salute. They return the salute with their right hand. And it was taught us simply this, that that right hand is shown to be empty. It's shown as a position of respect. I don't have a sword in my hand. I don't have a club in my hand. I don't have a spear in my hand. My hand is empty out of respect. I salute you. And so again, the right hand, it's a position of strength. It's a position of honor. It's a picture position of respect, if you will. And here the word of God shows us that God has purchased this place with his right hand, this mount with his right hand, that handshake. 
the right hand, the right hand of fellowship. We extend that to the brethren. And all of these things are wrapped up in the right hand of God. Psalm 80 and verse 17, let thy hand be upon the man of thy right hand, upon the son of man, whom thou madest strong for thyself. So now he begins to tell us a little bit more, get a little bit more detail. Let thy hand be upon the man of thy right hand, and then he tells us who that is. He says, upon the son of man, whom thou madest strong for thyself. So we see the strength, we see the position, we see the honor, we see the deliverance, we see the salvation that is in none other. We're going to go back to a passage which we just looked at recently in Psalm 16, and we'll look at verse 8 and then verse 11. Verse 8 says, I have set the Lord always before me, because he is where? At my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope, for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And so he tells us again of the right hand of God, the strength, the position of honor, the position of power, a position that's reserved for but one. It's the Son of Man. In Psalm 110 and verse 1, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at, thy, at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. So now the Lord ties back in together that mountain, that place is purchased by his right hand, that place that God has made for his people, that city of Zion. And he says, sit here at my right hand. Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 1 and in verse 12, and as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. But to which of the angels said he had at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? So again, we see the person of Jesus Christ. We see him at the right hand of God. I got ahead of myself just a little bit earlier but I'd like to go back and look at Stephen again and actually go ahead and read that passage concerning Stephen, that martyr, that great martyr of the faith. And Stephen is about to be stoned. And the word of God says this of Stephen, he being full of the Holy Ghost, we're in Acts 7.55, looked up, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Now, Mark 16, the Word of God tells us this in the Gospels. And again, the right hand of God, understanding that position, that power, that place, the Son of God, Jesus Christ the righteous. Mark 16, verse 19. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. So now when we look at Psalm 17, and we go back and we look at the mercy of God, the goodness of God, the searching of God, now the loving kindness of God, he says, show thy marvelous loving kindness, O thou that savest by thy right hand, them which put their trust in thee from those that rise up against them. 
So who is it we put our trust in? It's none other than the person of Jesus Christ, that person in which we believe, that one which we call upon his name because we believe in his name. We put our trust in Jesus Christ because we believe him. We know he's the right hand of God. He's the strength of God. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. David is prophesying here. He is speaking as a prophet concerning Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ ascending into heaven and sitting on the right hand of God where Stephen saw him standing in judgment, ready to receive Stephen. It's there seated on the right hand of God until he makes his enemies his footstool. How long is he going to sit there until he makes his enemies his footstool? Then he's going to return to this earth. Not just to call the saints of God home, well, that's going to be a marvelous event. But what I'm speaking of is when he comes and he puts his feet on this earth after seven years of tribulation on this earth, Jesus Christ will return again and put his feet on the earth, not in the air, although he is coming in the air. The next great event on God's calendar is the return of Jesus Christ in the air to call the church home, to call the saints of God home. That is the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. But after seven years of great tribulation, he that letteth will let until he be taken out of the way, then that wicked shall be revealed. And after that takes place, he's made his enemies his footstool. He's going to put his feet on this earth. He's going to return. He's going to rule and he's going to reign for 1,000 years. The right hand of God will rule this earth with a fist of iron. And every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess things of heaven and things of earth and things under the earth, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, the right hand of God. Might I say to you, the person of Jesus Christ is our only deliverance. It's our only hope. He is our only hope in this day in which we live. I do hope and pray this has been a help to you this day. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. And he longs to return to the Lord As he cries for forgiveness and mercy God is waiting You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are seen.